Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. In 2019, there were something like four movies with La Llorona in the title. In 2020, there were more. Yeah, like, suddenly that became a very popular what folktale or yeah mythology to, to yeah use in storytelling i wonder if like you know somebody was shopping their script around hollywood and everybody was like no we don't want that let's go work on our version i mean i wouldn't put it past hollywood <laughs> but also i feel like you know over the last five years there's been this push for a more multicultural approach to entertainment. So I sort of think this is one of the more accessible <laughs> yeah. Hispanic. They're going for the easy ones. Yeah. So they were like, this one translates well. People will understand this. It doesn't get too weird. Well, let's find out if it does with La Llorona from 2019. This is a Guatemalan film in Spanish. and. It is about a general, one of those evil Latin American dictators mm -hmm. who has been genociding people left and right. Or has he? He's acquitted on that charge. Actually, not true. He was convicted, but then it was overthrown by whatever court he had clearly... Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I totally forgot that. Yeah. Yes. The, the totally fake legal system undid the conviction. Yeah. So, you know, that means... He's not getting the justice he needs from the natural world, so evil spirits come and torment him to get that justice for all the many people who have died. Yes, for all the many people who have died in general, but then also very specifically this one woman that he had tortured, basically, because he was trying to get information from her and in doing so ended up drowning her children in the river. Yeah, good way to get info, but it did not work. No. So this movie was not in English. We mm -hmm. watched it with subtitles. But, you know, the very beginning of it, the first, I don't know, 15 minutes of it maybe was this trial. You know, all yeah. of this information coming out about what he had done. And I just want to say, like, the smarmy lawyer for <laughs> the rich, privileged person, that character is the same no matter what language they're speaking and no matter what culture they're from. Like, I didn't need to read the subtitles of his lawyer to understand the gist of what his lawyer was doing because it just yeah smarm. Speaking of those subtitles, though, uh, we didn't just have Spanish in this movie. We had a language that I should probably know how to pronounce, Cachiquel. I don't know, a Mayan language, yes. which a bunch of the characters spoke because that was the, uh, the group that he was genociding. So conveniently, also the uh, race of his household staff. Every single servant in this movie was Mayan. Of course. And it was, there was a major element of racism, like class, racism, class, yeah. colorism yeah. to this whole thing. For sure. 
there was a point in the trial where he's defending himself and he's like, I wasn't committing genocide. My intention was just to create a national identity. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so you, you're admitting that you were committing genocide? Like, that's what that is. Yeah. He wanted, he wanted them all to be the same. Right. You can't strip a, a people of their culture and murder them if they refuse to let you do that. And then just call it national identity. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of happening around here. Uh, it's happening everywhere. And it's very upsetting. Which is something I was thinking during the movie. I was like, this is very traditional, well-known kind of narrative. We've all heard about Latin American dictators mm-hmm. and how they're killing the indigenous people and all of that. But it's also our future. Like, this is where America is headed. This, at some point... People are going to have to come over here and be like, we're going to topple this despot who's completely murdering all the black people or Hispanics or whatever group he's deciding to murder. Everyone who's not white, I guess, is the group in question. I mean, I feel like getting there, I mean, we're there. We just don't have, there just aren't any other countries that are big enough at this point (laughs) and strong enough to come in and tell us what to do. That's kind of the problem. Because we spend all of our money on weapons. Which is exactly the kind of thing these guys do. So, great. They just happen to, you know, have small countries and we have a country that takes up half a continent. Yeah. We got to kind of see that from the inside with this movie. That, so that was one of the things I wanted to say is I, I really thought it was fascinating to get this story of oppression, but sort of from the perspective of the oppressors, Yeah, which was very interesting. Like to hear a bad guy's story from the inside where you're literally seeing that, that idea that everyone is the hero of their own story. Yeah. And his family, it was mostly about them, not him. And they were, like, not on board. His wife was so on board. But everybody else was not really on board exactly. They just were, like, kind of stuck. Like, this is our family. We care about you. Yeah. I mean, I think also, like, they had been, I want to say oblivious, which seems like giving them too much of an out. They had been intentionally oblivious about what was going on. And, I mean, because, you know, his daughter definitely was questioning what was going on and was having an issue and trying to kind of push back but she was doing it very gently yeah and i mean that sounds like america right there that's the the not enough momentum the the white people trying to be allies right to be a full-grown adult having grown up in the household that she grew up in with everything going on around her that was going on around her and she's just like what dad was not a good guy yeah huh and that's definitely the way a lot of white Americans these days are, are behaving. Particularly, I think, people our age who, you know, yeah. were, were raised with the storybook idea of, like, color doesn't matter. Yes, totally. everything. That 80s and 90s thing, everybody was like, well, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> right. And we grew up during that. And then, and then now we're all in our 40s and going... What? Racism still exists? (laughs) What? And it's, you know, and then are surprised when all of the people of color in our lives are like, yeah, where have you been your whole life? Mm -hmm. That was one of the things I kept thinking 
about the mom, you know, the wife, Donna Carmen, I kept having to remind myself that these, this was a family in Guatemala. Like these were not white people. They were Guatemalans. They yeah. technically, like if they lived in our country, they would be considered people of color. Sure, but they're the white people of their country. Exactly. <laughs> and I kept thinking like, oh my gosh, Donna Carmen is such a Karen. Yeah. And, but you know, it's, it's perspective, right? Like yeah. she was the Karen I of mean, her country that's because white isn't anything it's not a race it's just whoever's in charge that's white i mean it has become a certain race it's that idea it's that mentality it's it's whoever thinks they are superior to everyone else in their area and it just so happens that white people do that everywhere (laughs) everywhere yeah but it was i think carmen with her like defending everything her husband did no Mm -hmm. matter how painful it was to her because a lot of what she was defending was that well of course he had to go have enough have affairs while he was off doing his you know genociding because men have needs and i'm like oh that sounds familiar well yeah so many white women in this country have been like brainwashed into defending white to the sacrifice of defending feminism. Yeah, definitely. There was a real feel I got from this movie where the bad guy, the general, Don Enrique, he was doing his thing, his genocide, you know, like you do. And for him, that was it was business. Like, he had his goals, and yes, they were racist goals, mm-hmm. but it was all, you know, just like a matter of business to him. And it felt like because of living with him for decades, Donna Carmen had become the emotional side of that, where she had seen him doing his business that for him was just business, and for her it was personal. So she just hated all these people yeah. that he was murdering. For for him, yeah. he was just murdering them out of business, this and for her, you, you do it. I have to do this for the good of my people. And I felt like that feels like a dynamic. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure who I can put that on, although it does make me think of Donald and Melania. Like, Melania's not doing much of anything, hasn't done much of anything, but is hateful. Like, just nasty. Right. And Don is out there doing his thing. And he's also hateful and nasty, but he's, you know, he's after his personal goals more so than he is about persecuting anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of really, like, upsetting classism and racism in this movie. Yeah. To talk about the horror piece of it, the servants all leave, like, at the beginning, right? Yeah. Their regular house staff. They are all like, uh, it's not safe here anymore. We're going to go. Yeah, we haven't really said that. But obviously, after he's acquitted, everybody's real mad. And so there's swarms of protesters surrounding his house. And they're all trapped in the house. The entire movie takes place almost entirely in their house while they are surrounded by protesters. Which I really like... I enjoyed that there was this constant background noise of people like chanting and playing drums and, you know, whatever other instruments in protest. Like that was what they were surrounded by. That was an interesting way to tell the story. Like I've never really seen it done that way before. Well, And to trap them in the Mm -hmm. scary house. Like that's a different way of doing that. Mm -hmm. It made me think of No Roy in that there was a lot going on that was setting the scene 
that was done in a language that I didn't know. Like we had the translations, we had the subtitles, yeah. so I did know what they were chanting, which helped, but I didn't know exactly what they were saying, right? I didn't know exactly. I could relate to what it feels like to be in a protest in yeah. America and being one of those people and, and the sorts of things that we say. But it was like in Neroy where there were all the newspapers everywhere, the flyers everywhere that we couldn't read that were definitely contributing to the environment of the movie. Yeah. And the chanting was doing that. I think it would have contributed a little bit more had I truly understood what yeah. they were saying. Well, it was interesting that some of their slogans are the exact same ones. Like they, yes. they were saying no justice, no peace, but they were like, no peace until there's justice or something when, like when that. There is no justice. There is no peace or something like that. Yeah, I noticed that same thing. And also the the one that always makes me crazy in English because it doesn't <laughs> like it could rhyme, but it doesn't. I, at protests I've been to over the last few years, I have regularly heard the chant, a people united will never be defeated. And it drives me crazy because it would rhyme so much better if we said, a people united will never be divided. Yeah. But I think it probably was originally a Spanish chant. Probably. And so it, you know, was translated directly <laughs> rather than poetically. I don't know. Yeah. So it was interesting to hear all that. So anyway, after their staff all leaves, they are looking for people to come in because, you know, heaven forbid, yes. they have to survive on their own without someone else doing their cleaning and cooking for them. They couldn't. That would be impossible. <laughs> I, I honestly think they wouldn't know how. Like <laughs> yeah. they, they would immediately fall into complete disrepair. They, their housekeeper stayed, which we find out later is for a reason. At first, it's just like, oh, she's the one loyal yeah. one. And I mean, she's obviously been with them a very long time. She was brought there as a child. In fact. Uh -huh. And it comes out later that she is, in fact, the daughter of the general. And, like, that becomes a thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she is looking for additional staff to come in and, and fill the places. And so this, this girl shows up. And you get this sense at the very beginning that the general, if he doesn't necessarily recognize her because he yeah, also has so. Alzheimer's, yeah, there was something like when he saw her, he was there was definitely something there. She was definitely having something. She was just glaring. Yes. yes. And so she gets in there and she's like not very good at doing the job that okay. she's supposed to be doing. That was the thing. When she first shows up, the housekeeper who stayed is like there's a lot of work here because like eight people left right there's a lot of work you're not going to be able to do all of it and she's like oh okay and then for the rest of the movie the total of what this new girl does is she teaches the granddaughter to hold her breath underwater she right. catches some frogs <laughs> like oh no one time she picked up some papers out of the pool out of the pool right <laughs> she yeah she did almost nothing like all I could think was, if I were the housekeeper, I would have fired her and kicked her out so fast. I'm like, yes. you are not making my job easier. But she obviously was not there to make the job easier. She no. was there to get revenge, and she was definitely going after the granddaughter. Yes. And and by befriending her, but with definitely bad intentions. Yeah, it was, it was weird. It was very, very slow and a process. Yes. 
I'm not entirely sure what the path was. Like it was, it was just vague. Like it was one of the more vague hauntings I have seen. <laughs> yes, it was. I, I don't think it was supposed to be a horror movie so much, really. Like it was more yeah. like a drama. Yeah, it was thriller a thriller drama kind of thing. It was a thriller drama about this whole dictator and like I think in the description it says something like his past comes back to haunt him and that's kind of what it is is they keep bringing up things about his past as he's there you know dying basically but then they slipped in this whole element of she's not a real person she's dead and she is causing all kinds of manifestations all of which involve water and she's just causing trouble yes to be honest i don't think this is the general story at all like, it's, it's told through him or, you know, mm-hmm. using him as a vehicle. But this is his daughter's story. Yeah, she's like the main character. I think of all the people who are experiencing horror in this movie, she is the one who is experiencing the most. Like, first of all, she's learning all these things about her family, about her father. She has these conversations with her mother where she's realizing, <laughs> like, oh, my mom is super racist. Yeah, and she's bad. Super sexist and, you know, all of this stuff. And has has been, you know, mistreated her whole life in ways I didn't know about. Several times things happen to her daughter that are dangerous or scary. Mm -hmm. Her daughter goes missing or, you know, like her daughter is under attack. And as much as she's learning all these bad things about her father, she also loves him and is watching him be ravaged by illness and alzheimer's yeah at the same time that she's trapped in this house where she can't go to the job like she's a trained medical professional like she's supposed to be at the hospital working and she can't so she's now like because of all the stuff that's happening like her whole life has been cut off from her and she's trapped in this house and like there's just so many things going on like all oh and she learns she has a half sister who's been her uh, <laughs> she's treated like a maid like her whole life like yeah. all these things that she's learning and i don't want to make her out to be the victim of the story because she's absolutely she's not. not but i think this is kind of her story as much as it's alma's story yeah and to a certain extent it's also valeriana's story the housekeeper kind of She's not the main character, but yeah, she matters. Basically, it's a lot of these women all being impacted negatively by this one man's yeah choices. Yeah, they're all kind of trapped in there. Which, if you notice, like there were there were several shots where they were very clearly set up and framed to be showing the women, right? Like, yes, there's a scene. I don't know if they were in like some kind of chapel in the hospital or where they were, but Latona and her mother are sitting like in a row of chairs in this like glass walled room having a conversation. And it's like framed. You see the whole room and they're like in the center, kind of all, you know, looking small and mm-hmm. isolated. There's another scene later on the steps where it's Latona and her mother sitting on the steps after like. Her father's been, like, something happened with him, and there was drama around. He was out of bed, like, staring at Alma. Oh, she was yes. bathing or something like that, you know. Something sketchy happened, and so they're, you know, all up in the middle of the night because of this. 
and at first it's Latona and her mother, and then the daughter, the little girl comes down, and so then it's the three of them all, like, in, mm-hmm. this, in, the stairs. in this vignette, basically. Yeah. Um, and then even after that, there's a time where, I forget if they're all looking out the window or something, but it's Carmen, Latona, the daughter... And then Valeriana is with them too. So then it's the four women. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's they just keep gathering all of these women together and yeah. bringing them closer together as they isolate the dad, you know, the general more and more. I definitely noticed that. And there was, I was going to say he's the only guy in there, but there was one other guy, the like military bodyguard guy who kind of disappears. He's not, he's not in much of it. Yeah. he. That was an interesting character because I really thought... Because in an American story, you can't have any story without having some kind of romantic resolution where mm-hmm. the woman ends up with a man because she can't be happy until that happens, right? I was so sure that that guy was going to end up like somehow saving them or yeah. being a part, you know, like that he and Latona were going to end up together somehow or have some kind of romantic entanglement. Yeah. And he was just... He was just there to be the bodyguard. He like was <laughs> taking care of the general, and that was it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, maybe there was something going on, but I, I don't know. Nothing, nothing else I can think of. No. You mentioned the women being framed, and that was this whole movie was a series of paintings. Mm. It was like there were shots in this movie that were four or five minutes long, of just the camera in one spot, mm-hmm. slowly zooming out for the entire shot. Mm-hmm. And it was really slow. It was. <laughs> like, it would just go. And and you could definitely see it was artistically framed. And the fact that it was giving you more and more information as it, you know, as it zoomed out, you would see more and more mm-hmm. stuff. You would learn things. Oh, my gosh. The scenes at the beginning from the trial where it's like uh-huh. zoomed in on that one Mayan woman's face. And then it comes, you know, you don't know yeah. why she's there. And then you're seeing her translator. And then you're uh-huh. seeing her family behind her. And then it pans out enough. And you're like, oh, look, there's Latona and yes. Dona Carmen. Yeah. And it just goes and goes. Uh-huh. and. That was probably the longest shot in the entire movie. I don't know. This was a very slow movie. <laughs> there was a lot of that in it. One question for you. Um, how did this movie end? Well, it ends with Latona, Sarah, the granddaughter, and Valeriana watching Dona Carmen choke Don Enrique to death. And then there's a funeral. Yeah, because she was possessed by Alma in, like, half of this movie. She was, like, having dreams that were actually Alma's life. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we have this whole flash of, like, it's sort of like a flashback where we're finding out what happened and we, you know, learned that Alma, you know, that her children were drowned and Alma was shot. But then Carmen is, you know, somehow there and she attacks the general... Yeah. And then we come back to, like, the real world, and she, Carmen, is choking the general. The women and the girl, are, bo- are they're all just sitting there watching her do it. Like, they're not trying to stop her. <laughs> I mean, at this point, they're just like, whatever. Okay, interesting. And also, the entire house was being surrounded by silent dead people. Yes, Alma was not the only 
Mayan spirit there Mm-mm. seeking revenge. And then then we end on the very final note is a little like epilogue where the next general in line, I assume, yes, is I like remember. in a bathroom and he's using a urinal and suddenly there's water everywhere and he's hearing crying the crying sound that the other general yeah. had been hearing. I do Okay, if we if we want to get really artsy with it for a minute, I mean, I do feel like this was an artsy movie, but if it we really like, was really just just shove some meaning into it that may or may not actually be there. Mm-hmm. What I want this movie to be about, on some level, is the inevitable death of these old conservative mindsets that you know hear these progress super old super racist super horrible people are dying and it they're not going easy no they're not but they're gonna go and yeah. you know the next generation's not great like i don't think latona she was, was oblivious. the epitome of wonderfulness but she was definitely better and then sarah the granddaughter was super better like she had no issue whatsoever with alma or any like she just didn't even yeah she's just like she's just a person i like playing with her she's teaching me how to hold my breath and i was like (laughs) oh baby yeah (laughs) maybe don't play that game with the ghosts (laughs) yeah it's not great but yeah i I can see that that's kind of fun yeah i like that the danger is there that we that's a story we like to tell ourselves that oh conservatism is dying off with old people and it's not it's not (laughs) and there are plenty of people your age and my age and you know younger i mean i think many of the people our nephews hang out with have questionable white supremacist yeah yeah so it's a nice fairy tale, but it's not really reality. Yeah. But I think major. it does reflect a real reality of progress over time. You know, we're not there. We're not We're not going to get there as soon as the next generation dies. But every generation is better than the last. I would like to think so. Like, as a whole, yes. The other thing it could be talking about, because we never found out anything about Latona's baby daddy. Like, I don't right. think she was married to him. Maybe she was. I don't know. Anyway, he's gone. He left her. I definitely had this sense that maybe he was chased away by her father and that he may have been indigenous himself. Oh, he definitely was. Or mixed or some kind of, you know, that there was something other than just the privileged, you know, Mm -hmm. higher up, high class people there. So, you know, again, there's her parents who can't stand the idea that she was with this person who's less than them. Yes. Then there's her who's like, was obviously was open-minded enough to think that there was a possibility for a relationship there. And then there's her daughter who is now, if he was Mayan in any way, is now a combination of the two. And I think that is the hope that I have as the generations change, that more and more and more people are just a blend of various yeah. cultures. I mean, that's that's nice, but it's still, there's always white. White meaning people in charge. That's, that's always going to be the thing, no matter how genetically people are. 
you know, created. I mean, but the diff- the thing is, as things get more and more and more mixed, those white people who pride themselves on not having, you know, not being mixed and pure, ugh, like, there's not very many of those people left, and there's fewer and fewer with every generation. I mean, look at the population in Texas now. You know, mm-hmm. over the last 10 years, 4 million additional people in Texas, and... of them were people of color or people who identify as people of color. Like that doesn't mean that they're all one culture. A lot of those people are people who have mixed backgrounds and identify with their Hispanic background or their black background or whatever. And so, you know, the more and more and more people there are who have close family, family members and, that helps a lot as not white no matter what they look like is going to change that i mean that's why all the republicans in texas are losing their minds right now because (laughs) the white majority doesn't exist or like is almost (laughs) gone it only exists in gerrymandered form yes yes oh i think her baby daddy was killed by her daddy I think so, too. And I was honestly a little bit surprised that that didn't come out in any way. Yeah, there was a part where he was looking at one of the, um, you know, this person was killed posters. And it was a guy. And uh, they were, like, zooming in on it. I'm like, oh, so that's, you know, that's it. But I think all they were showing was that he was then looking out in the crowd of protesters and seeing that guy out there. Right. So which of course a lot of ghostly people were sneaking into that crowd. Right. That he was looking at the protesters and not seeing protesters so much as he was seeing the faces of people he knew he had killed. Yeah. But yeah, I really I I, I it definitely wasn't um part of the story in any way, but in my mind it is super canon that <laughs> her daughter's father is Mayan and was part of the genocide. Yeah, makes sense. Ratings. This movie is trying so hard to get a high rating. It's like, ooh, look at me. I'm all full of deep thoughts. And I'm like, you can tell because I'm slow and about genocide. And it's important, right? Pay attention to me. But. But. It was slow, not in an interesting way, but in a slow way, like it was full on slow. And I was interested in, you know, the uh, the non-supernatural part of the plot, this whole business about this guy, but there wasn't enough there to carry it. It was really very little happens over the course of this entire movie. They kind of just get this housekeeper, she annoys them, and then she causes someone to get choked. And that's it. And... The fact that it's got so little to it in that respect. I mean, maybe it's a really great piece of art the same way, you know, a painting on the wall can be a great piece of art. Like, you just look at it and you think about it. It's not, it doesn't have a lot to tell you. It just opens your mind up to think about a lot of things, which it did some of that. But that's not what I want. I want to be told a lot of stuff. (laughs) So that was bothersome to me. And the fact that the actual supernatural part of it was really vague and minimal. Like it didn't, you know, it's it's my traditional issue with ghosts where they don't, they aren't well defined. And so Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot to hold on to there. So it wasn't great in that respect, but I can definitely 
recognize that it was very artistically done and it was also telling an interesting i want to say an interesting story but it's not the story an interesting setting i guess Mm -hmm. very interesting situation i will give this movie three oxygen tanks out of five and i feel like it really deserves a lot more but it just didn't interest me it didn't keep me going yeah i think that part of the problem for us maybe is you know we've seen so many so many horror movies <laughs> we have oh, so so many horror movies that there was nothing surprising about the horror side of this story no like the minute that the general spotted alma out in the crowd looking up i was like oh well he definitely killed her <laughs> she's definitely la Llorona, which tells me she probably has some children who are dead and like yeah. i knew exactly what was gonna happen she wants revenge right and then i was like okay so here co- here it comes and then nothing really happened she didn't really get revenge on him in any way <laughs> other than eventually he died he was going to do that anyway. Yeah, it was not going to be like, that long. He was sick and demented and not long for this world, even without this spirit woman coming. Like, yeah, it was it was extraneous. <laughs> and then there re- really was very little in the terms of actual haunting happening. I mean, mm-hmm. she took a naked bath and there was <laughs> water coming from I don't know where. Just everywhere. Running all over the floor. The daughter went in the pool, but honestly, La Llorona wasn't the one who was dangerous to the daughter, or the the granddaughter, I mean. Grandpa was, because he was the one shooting at her, because he thought she was Well, and, And that was like, I mean, that was part of it, like she was causing more trouble for him, more unpleasantness. Like, when she was taking her naked bath, that was a trap. Like, she set that up. And that was kind of cool. <laughs> and then he gets in trouble because he's, you know, being a lecherous old man, which he was. But also, like, she's like, oh, my God, he's staring at me. <laughs> I know. Because she did this whole thing where she was like, she was taking the granddaughter away by, you know, befriending her and getting her separated from her Luring family. Her with frogs. She was taking the emotional connection with grandpa away by, you know, making them hate him, mm-hmm. making Donna Carmen certainly hate him. And she was... She she was causing him to be a danger to everyone else. Yes, she was causing potentially for him to kill his his granddaughter or or even kill Donna Carmen Mm -hmm. at the very beginning when it was just noises she was making. Right. And so, yeah, she was was getting in there and kind of pulling things apart and causing trouble. The thing is, all all those things were happening anyway because of the trial. Yeah. La Llorona kind of like was sleeping on the job and didn't show up until after the protesters were already going to do the job that she was trying to do, basically. Yeah, they sure tried to. So I think, like, I say all of that because this was, this is probably a much more interesting, captivating story for someone who hasn't ever seen a ghost story before. Yeah, for the drama crowd, that's why. Yes, yes. And this definitely feels like the kind of movie that would, like, win a lot of awards and get a lot of recognition. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I just, I think that it is just one of those ones that appeals to the the people who like to feel good about themselves having watched something dramatic and, you know, yeah. ooh, yeah. I, 
I have experienced a thing. <laughs> Which is fine, but isn't really, like, what October horror movies are about. <laughs> well. So, I think if we were watching this outside of our horror movie marathon, I might give this a different rating. But because of the context, I am going to give this movie three and a half oxygen tanks. I do think it was slow and it was one of the least frightening, least haunting, haunting movies I've ever watched. Yeah, there was nothing scary going on. No. So, but but that being said, I, I enjoyed watching it. I do feel like I had an experience watching it. Like, I I agree with you. I learned things, I thought things. I would recommend it to other people. But not necessarily other people who are looking for horror movies. Makes sense. Now, to flip to the total opposite end of the spectrum, a movie featuring the exact same villain, I guess you could call it the villain. It's not, she wasn't really a villain in La Llorona. <laughs> I don't think La Llorona is really a villain uh, no. so much as it's what happens when you torture people in life <laughs> and then they die and they're like, mad spirits yeah although in this movie we will now be discussing the evil twins the curse of la llorona from 2019 starring linda cardellini don't mix it up with one of the other movies called the curse of la llorona it's a part of the conjuring universe which i didn't know very exciting Mm -hmm. in this movie la llorona She's kind of a villain, like, from the get-go, like, her original, her origin story is, like, she got mad because her husband cheated on her, so she drowned her kids. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, it's she not was good. not a good person. She was not, not good in her original life. But you know what? I think that's the difference. If I had to guess, I would say whoever told the La Llorona story of... This woman's children were murdered, and now she is a spirit seeking revenge. Mm -hmm. That's a female perspective. Uh This woman was jilted, and so she (laughs) killed her children out of revenge, and now she's punished by going on and on forever trying to get her children back. That's a male perspective. Women. (laughs) I mean, the whole movie, Curse of La Llorona, was... All about how easy it is within our culture to blame mothers and to assume that mothers are bad and dangerous to their children and crazy and all of those things. Yeah, we had to, because it's about a social worker who basically has to take a woman's kids away. Mm -hmm. So there's some little Yorona action. And out of revenge. I'm only just now seeing that. that she... She yearned that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just now making that connection of, like, the loss of the children and that the social worker was doing that to her. Mm. Oh, my gosh. It's deep. Oh, it's a deep mind, movie. Mind blown. Yeah, you thought that other one was mind deep. Blown. This one is hardcore deep. Yeah. yeah, so she takes those kids away. The woman gets her revenge by somehow sicking La Llorona on her. I don't oh, know the process. Because, because instead of praying to God to, to you know, bring her children to a happy place <laughs> when they are killed by La Llorona, she 
prays to La Llorona. It's like, check this chick out. To seek revenge against the social worker, which feels a little backwards and, you know, not so sane to me, but that was kind of the point. Yeah, it's a movie about how women are just nuts. Yeah. Front to back. (laughs) But luckily, we've got a man to come in and fix it all, or to use the women as bait, as the case may be. So... Is it just me, or was he kind of useless? He was mostly useless. I mean, we can't get too into it because of the spoilers, but yeah, this guy comes in, they hire him. It's like hiring an exorcist, but he doesn't really do a whole lot of exercising. He just tried to fight. He was like Sam and Dean if they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> or Carol that much. <laughs> yeah, he really whether didn't they care. Want or not. Like, yeah, he, he was supposed to be like all broody and... And, you know, the dark hero with a past, but he just, I don't know, didn't seem to be taking it all that seriously and was conveniently not in the room a lot of the time <laughs> when things were actually happening. So yeah. the the mother slash social worker kind of had to do it all herself. Yeah. And speaking of things happening, this was like the opposite of that last movie where La Llorona's just jumping out of things, flying everywhere, screaming in your face. So many jump scares. <laughs> I did not jump. It's, well, I mean, yeah, that's because you are made of ice. I don't I even was, know. Like, how did you not jump? They were not well suddenly done. Suddenly, there's like this screamy face right in, you know, like the whole like in your face, loud noise all at once. Yeah. How does that not make your body just twitch? There are ways to do it. And sometimes it's done perfectly and sometimes it's not. And usually the perfect ones are the really stupid ones where it's like a cat jumping out or something that's supposed <laughs> to be dumb. a cat being thrown at somebody. And I get like this electric jolt and almost fall out of my chair. And I'm like, oh, I was, I'm mad now. <laughs> there was one early on in this movie where I, like my, I did one of those like whole body, like flinches, like uh-huh. You even reached out and, like, patted me. (laughs) Yeah, I care. (laughs) Because I wasn't expecting it, and possibly because... I think that's the point. (laughs) Well, I know, but sometimes you are, like, you know, oh, a jump scare is coming. Yeah. And sometimes they still get me if they're done well, but, like, if you know, like, oh, the music's building, and oh, (laughs) nothing's happened for a long time, and oh, we're looking around in a dark room, something's going to jump out at me. We're panning yeah. across the room. There's definitely a face that's just going to be right there. Yeah. But this one, I, I wasn't prepared for it. This is super conjuring. Like, so Hollywood. And it's like goosebumps for adults. It's so yes, simple it and kind of dumb. And it's just like... But also entertaining. Yeah, it's it's fluff. It's, it's the equivalent of a Marvel movie, but it, in scary movie form. Yep. It's just kind yep. of... Kind of the fun thing for grown-ups. Yeah, I agree with that. In fact, there were several points in this movie where I was like, have I seen this movie before? (laughs) Like, it was so familiar feeling with not necessarily exactly the details, but like this scene feels familiar. Or the fact that this scene is coming after that previous scene. Mm -hmm. Or like, I think it probably had to do with the way it was shot and the dialogue and the pacing and all of that was so familiar that I'm like, I think I've seen this movie before. Yeah. But in fact, I think I was just remembering what it felt like to watch the other Conjuring movies. And it just, it felt so much a part of that, even though it wasn't. Yeah. It it barely overlapped at all. 
Yeah, there was just like a comment from one of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so how how would you rate this movie then? I am not a conjuring guy. This is not for me. It's too too cheesy, too dumbed down and goosebumpsy. And says the guy No, I who love I love terrible movies. This is in between window, though. Yes. Yeah, this is too high quality for how dumb it is. That's what it is. Like, high quality and artsy, I can enjoy. Low quality and stupid, I can enjoy. So, anyway, I will give this two and a half fire tree seeds out of five. It's not terrible by any means, it's a schlockbuster. That is the term that I am coining for this. I, I like the term schlockbuster. Uh, I think it's appropriate. I think that I appreciate the schlockbuster. Can you say more, it though? No. Uh, more than you do. I think that like I am probably more the person that those movies are made for. Yeah. I like the the quality of it. It's I enjoy watching a movie that is well made more than I enjoy watching a movie that is terribly made. Oh, but they're so fun. I mean, yeah, sometimes, but they're also so painful. <laughs> painful. So I am not disagreeing with anything that you said. I don't really have much extra to add. Other than I really enjoy Linda Cardellini. I liked her in this role, and I just like her in general. So I'm going to give this three fire tree seeds out of five. You know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't spectacular in any way. There was nothing all that special about it, but it was entertaining. And I feel like it was pretty solidly put together yeah, in it that was. kind of cheeseball kind of way i can see very middle of the road movie Mm -hmm. definitely unlike the movie it comes at night from 2017 which is our next film which is gonna be amazing obviously oh i have just from the title i have a prediction about what kind of movie that is is it gonna be at night yes i think it's a nighttime movie am i right I have no idea. I know nothing about this movie at all. However, I know that it's evil. Tw- I guess I know something. This is the thing I know. It's evil twin is the movie. It waits from 2005. Just another in the long list of things that it does. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. Also interesting is I, my prediction for it comes at night could also be true for something called it waits i feel like this would be a pair of some kind of movie i'm going to watch them and see if i was right are you not gonna tell me i am not well i might tell you but i'm not going to tell our dear listeners oh okay i'm gonna leave them in suspense let's go talk about that now okay 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 bye bye Yes, this is too... La Llorona is crying in the hallway. I'm worried about La Llorona. Ruthie! Are you okay, baby? Get baby! We're all in here. Come Everybody here, kitchen. but you is in here. <laughs>